I can sell, sell. I can sell, sell. Hey, welcome to Make It So So, a podcast about the not so good episodes of The Orville. That's right. We're talking about Old Wounds, which is the pilot episode of The Orville, Seth MacFarlane's Fox Star Trek pastiche vehicle. Uh, but first, my name's Newman. Hey, I'm Beth. I'm Dan. Uh, so guys, season premiere, series premiere of The Orville. Um Got 9 million viewers on, on television, which is very high for a sci-fi wow. show. Um, I think it followed a big sporting event, which kind of equates to that. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, before we get started, I'll just break down a little bit what the show is. Uh, for yeah. the l- listeners who don't know what this show is, um, apparently Seth MacFarlane for a while has had this dream of making a Star Trek type show. Um, he definitely has the clout in Hollywood now to mm-hmm. do such a thing. Um, and that's what this show is a result of kind of his childhood dream of wanting to be Captain Kirk, essentially mm-hmm. is was the way that I, <laughs> yeah. the way, the way that I saw it. Um, yeah, for sure. Which this isn't my first impression, but uh, that's kind of my problem with the show, but I'll oh, leave it at that dang. for okay. now. Um, so would you all like to share who, who wants to tackle first yeah. impressions first? <laughs> Go, go yeah, ahead. I'll go first, and this will come as a surprise to no one um, <laughs> that I really like this show. <laughs> I like this show a lot. Um, cool. I wasn't I actually was not expecting to like it going into it because it has not had great reviews. Very, very, very mixed reviews, especially after the first couple um, episodes. Yeah. Um, okay, here's my take on the show. I think that it is Star Trek for people who don't like sci-fi. And the reason why I say that is because that I think Mm -hmm. it's like a cool mishmash, or I guess not even maybe cool, just a mishmash between what is great about Star Trek and sort of like Star Trek if you were to drop it into like modern day workplaces. So the dialogue is, you know, very modern day. Um, Mm -hmm. The interactions between the characters, very modern day, but you sort of drop all that into a, an interesting futuristic like sci-fi scenario, um, which I think is kind of interesting and fun. And I think, Seth MacFarlane stuck to his strengths in making, I mean, I've only seen this one episode, but he stuck to his strengths in, in conveying that because he's, he writes dialogue that's crass and funny mm-hmm. um, by, and, and kept that in and then, you know, mixed it with uh, a Star Trek vibe and then interesting character development. So and it has great, it has great allusions to Star Trek too. So I think, so I really liked it, but I, I know I'm cool. not the only one who has opinions. So I'd love to hear the others. <laughs> Uh, Dan, you want well? Uh, okay. Um, have you ever said to yourself, <laughs> "There are two new Star Trek shows. I'll watch the one that takes itself less seriously." <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I have not. Have <laughs> no, you ever said to yourself, uh, "Family Guy is too funny for me"? <laughs> Like maybe once. Or, or <laughs> ha- have you ever said to yourself, Star Trek, it, it was good, but it just needed more like one-liner dick jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who this show is for. Yes. It's, yes. Thank you. Yes. It's not yeah. funny enough to be a comedy. It's not serious enough to be a drama. It's just a show. It's It's... 
It's the Nickelback of television. <laughs> oh yes. my god! It, it just exists. It just it fills a void. Hmm. But I couldn't imagine someone seeking it out. A void for no one. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's just Fox needed to have a show. I mm-hmm. and Seth MacFarlane finally has enough clout to. He's like, I know. I'll be a leading man, as though that's ever worked. And right. well, I'll just fill it with. Uh, no, honestly. You know, I think he wanted to make a Star Trek, but he couldn't sell it to Fox without them thinking it was going to be a comedy. You're Hmm. probably right. Yeah, I think I think that's what this is. This is this is just too many cooks. mm -hmm. See, the thing is, is that I don't particularly like Family Guy all that much. I think exactly. I think it's too much. So maybe the reason why I like this is that it's it's that dialed down a couple notches. Sure. You know? Yeah. All right. How about, how about Newman? Newman? Do you what have do you a think? first impression? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really kind of echo your statement, Dan. Like, who is this show for? Um, because Apparently it's, it's for Beth. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I, was, I was watching it. I, w- I was watching it. And the whole time I was just like, it reminded me of the Big Bang Theory. Because oh, it, God, no. it, it takes oh, God, like, no. <laughs> it takes popular... Um, sci-fi elements or things makes it viewer friendly for folks who are maybe too like too cool or too like scared to admit they want a sci-fi show but like mm-hmm. oh I'll, I'll i'll watch this safe kind of uh pg take on you know a sci-fi show um so yeah it reminded me of that a lot uh- and oh, that hurts my heart so much. No, it's, it's nothing, <laughs> nothing against you. It's just no, no, um, no, no. The re- you know, if if any of our friends out there in listener lands know Newman and I, you would know that. Oh, we yeah. both really, Absolutely. really dislike the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, and right. But the thing is, is that Big Bang Theory makes more mistakes. So yes, it does make. I, I don't even know what you would call it, it. it. It tries to make sci-fi approachable, but it does it in a way and that's fine. Really demeaning to right. the characters, I think. Um, here, yeah, you're probably right. I think it is sci- – well, that, that, I guess that was my point, too. It is sci-fi for people who maybe don't which like is, sci-fi Which is yet. fine. I'm not being like like a gatekeeper or anything. It's, it's just like it, it feels like it doesn't know if it wants to be like, – like Dan said, is it a mm-hmm. comedy – Mm-hmm. Is it a drama? Um, is it a Star Trek drama with comedy, or is it a Star Trek comedy with drama in it? Um, mm-hmm. Is it a pastiche? Is it an, an homage? You know, like. And my my other big thing, I, I was thinking of other famous like pastiche films, and I was mm-hmm. and I was like, I I thought of um, uh, Spaceballs from Mel Brooks, <laughs> and yeah, I, I'm like. That is like a perfect thing that honors the thing that it's parodying, mm-hmm. but also sets up its own sort of mythology, like the the Schwartz and the you know, like it's, yeah, uh, yes, it's like it's over the top. Yeah, this show yeah, it's grounded in a story you already know, but you don't necessarily need to know what it's riffing on. I mean, it, it helps, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's also its mm-hmm. own thing. Same with young with Young Frankenstein, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's like. That builds off so well from the original Frankenstein. I mean, they they even use like the same sets and stuff. It's 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 amazing. Mm-hmm. But you don't necessarily need to know Frankenstein to really laugh at that movie. This mm-hmm. show, it feels too lazy in the sense that 
like it's for Star Trek fans or those who are ad- scared to admit it, but yeah. it doesn't build as much of the world as it should. It's just huh. so many things come already like, oh yeah, this is the union instead of the Federation. Well, what, what is the union? Is it, is it just, yeah. is it just a placeholder for the Federation? Cause it feels like it, you know, that yeah. was one thing that like really kind of got to me and kind of like, took me out of it really quick was like how, uh, one dimensional, and there was never like a reveal of any of this stuff. It was all just stated. Exactly. Right. It's like, right. You're the the captain. Right. We're reluctantly giving a ship because you fucked up in this way yep. and this way and this way. Yeah. But you know what? We're gonna give you a shot because you're charming and whatever. Exactly. Seats. And then he has yeah. the pilot. It's like this pilot. He's. He's, he's, he's my, naughty, he's my, but he's the best in the galaxy. He's my best buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It would be cool if we like could find that stuff out Ex- while you're telling a story. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And mm-hmm. and to be fair, maybe we do in later episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I as much as I didn't really enjoy it, I am going to watch a few more just to kind of see like where the show goes. Mm-hmm. Let me know. <laughs> well, no, no, no I'm planning on watching more of them because too, I've heard I, th- right because yeah. I, I I've heard that some episodes are more funny and then some some episodes mm-hmm. are more serious mm-hmm. and that kind of intrigues mm-hmm. me as to you know where is the show going to go like you know what I mean um, yeah see to me like I didn't mind so much the lack of like what i would consider sci-fi development which would be like the union and those sorts of things because Mm -hmm. i viewed it as more like no this is just taking like modern day workplaces and like you know way i interact with my peers and joke around with them stuff and just placing them in this this sci-fi environment um which again i think plays to seth mcfarland's strengths um but yeah, I didn't I, I didn't mind it so much. But then your to point to your point though, Newman, about like other sci-fi shows that I think are very accessible to non-sci-fi fans are things like Firefly. Sure. Right? Like Firefly, the character development in that show is so fantastic. Um, and the characters are very funny. Like there are some very funny moments and they're quirky and weird, and it's like this weird sci-fi western hybrid right and it's fantastic right it's such a good show but at the time people didn't like it right you know people didn't like it at all so like so i don't i don't think it'll be ever be that caliber because that show is really great um but it just that show seems to me like a way that you would do very interesting cool sci-fi for people who might not be into sci-fi so much right which i don't understand because sci-fi is always my favorite so i i've never really understood people who don't like it so yeah um, i mean i yeah. i get it you know some people are just kind of boring but um <laughs> no no. <laughs> that's awesome. no but no that's a that's a great yeah. point because like firefly i see as the perfect hybrid of star trek and star wars like it yeah it, it, it really is it's like a yeah. Han Solo-ish captain with yep. a rogue kind of crew, mm-hmm. but a smaller ship, uh, you know, going on it adventures, kind of like Star Trek. So it's yes, but yeah, but that yeah. that show, um, <clears throat> while honoring those two franchises, does a great job with its own mythology. You mm-hmm. know, like that the first episode That's of Firefly true. is fantastic. I mean, you, you get like the backstory of the war, um, mm-hmm. the like cultural, like uh, you know, like hybridness of that society where there's like the bunch of Chinese influence in there. Like mm-hmm. that show does such a much yeah. better job of like setting up that world. This one is just like, because it's revealed in pieces. Exactly. Like, 
that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Right, right. And like this a, one, you're right. It is a direct rip of what's already been created. Like right. the uh, se- se- security officer, I believe it was Alari. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so literally, like, there's like a section where they they the captain, what's his name? Uh, Mercer. Seth MacFarlane. Mercer. Mer- yeah. Mercer. Uh, meets all of his crew, and he basically just tells them what they are. Exactly. Right. <laughs> He's like, Alari, you're you're a Solarian, yeah. and then another crew member is like, hold on. Don't you guys have super strength? Right. And then Alari's <laughs> like, you're right. My race has super strength. And this is why. Right. But it's like, yeah. if you just waited until like later on in the episode where she showed off her super strength and maybe explained it after it was a surprise. Exactly. It would have been like a reveal instead of just a statement. Right. Yeah. I, it's, right. I don't know. Right. I don't know. I, I'm not too hard. I'm not, I don't judge that too harshly because I feel like lots of tv does that you know what i mean like i I feel like i feel like the criticism (laughs) the other way would have been like what the hell this girl has super strength when you're watching it and then you would have been like well what the hell i don't know i but that's what i'm fine with it if 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 it was going to be explained after it was like displayed Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it like served the story Mm -hmm. that would have been a lot better than just like the it was essentially the glossary of the show. Right, right. I don't know. I'm fine with it. I really am. Because yeah, I feel like, like oh, this yeah. person does this and they have this one quirk and right. this person does this and they hate this. I guess and I'm just used to it because I think this episode from the criticisms I saw mirrored the pilot episode of Next Generation a little bit too. Um, so in that episode, it's a two-part pilot. In that episode, you are similarly introduced to the cast. Not not so heavy-handed, but like when Troy is introduced, for instance, they're just like, oh, I heard you're an empath. And she's like, mm-hmm. yep. And then later on, um, you know, Riker doesn't come until later in the same way that the in, in this episode, the mm-hmm. second officer doesn't come in until later. And the uh, the there's a history, a prior history between some of the characters and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, I don't know if I'm just used to it or just more OK with it. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that point of view, too. I, I just uh, there's like maybe like like a hybrid that they could have done because mm-hmm. the the scene that Dan mentioned where the security officer like bashes the wall and then like jumps away like a, like, mm-hmm. like a Spider-Man, it, it would have been funny, almost like a funnier punchline. If Seth MacFarlane was like, you could have done that the whole time, you know, like to, to, oh, to, yeah. to get us out <laughs> yeah. of here, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I guess that's true. But you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I don't know. So in that scene where we're just learning everything about all the characters, yeah. uh, that we meet Isaac, who is a robot completely, or an android or something. Right. Basically. Mostly, mostly robotic. Like I think they're like a, a data non- stand-in, I, I think. Yes. You know. yeah, yeah, which it's kind of hilarious that the voicing is essentially a data like right. impression. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It almost sounds like they got Brent Spiner to do it. Right. I, I asked. I remember I asked have. about that. I was like, is this, this but, isn't uh, Brent Spiner, is it? I know yeah. this voice. It's very familiar. <laughs> they, they give this character, Isaac, one personality trait in that they are incredibly racist right they hate mm-hmm. they hate humans basically or or any and any living any life form. not them <laughs> right and as far yeah. as i can tell it does not affect anything else in the episode yeah there was nothing like he they never mentioned that again did they right i i didn't right. i didn't I think so maybe, maybe later they will but, but also yeah. the person who did the voice is the doctor from voyager are you serious right? Rob, Rob, robert picardo did the i'm voice pretty sure that? dan Right, Dan, you told me that, correct? 
I don't recall. Okay, you definitely it told says me that. Here it's Mark Jackson. I, I just made an ass out of myself on public oh, television. No, it's fine. I mean, podcast division. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> I uh, forgive you. Three people right. are going to hear this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, never right. mind. It definitely the, sounds like him, though, right? Is nope. it Navigation? <laughs> the, uh, his, the character's name was John Lamar. And he he does navigation slash he's like a backup pilot or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so calm. his his character trait is he likes soda. Right. <laughs> Done. That's right. It. That's that's. Yeah. I, I will. That that was the one thing that made me smirk a little bit because when when he asks uh, Mercer, "Hey, can I drink soda on the bridge?" Mm-hmm. Um, when they see them. Okay. When they. When they see him pulling out of the space station, he, he takes a little sip of the cup. I thought I thought that was kind of just a funny thing, but that was really the only joke that kind of made me made me chuckle. My um, take on that is like we've all worked with that guy, right? Like the guy who is obnoxious and can't just follow the rules, right? Like that's I just think of like every shift I ever worked at Disney where there was like one guy mm-hmm. who was just like wanted to punch him in the face because he was always trying to leave early right. when no one else could. And the yeah. answer was always no, but he still asked, <laughs> right. you know, <laughs> yeah. just like, Oh, you're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's what uh, that reminded me of. But yeah, but so I, the, uh, the scene after we meet everyone, yeah. uh, is he, uh, so John Lamar and yeah. Malloy, mm-hmm. the redheaded pilot yeah. person. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a conversation about essentially Lamar just like, Hey, Malloy, why don't you tell me why you were suspended? Right. And then mm-hmm. Malloy at first he lies slash jokes and then tells us the real thing. He like ruined a crate of summer squash, Yeah, he... which right. doesn't seem like a big deal. Like as far mm-hmm. as space accidents go. No, it doesn't. And, yeah. But the dialogue and acting was it's as though those two actors had never met and were not in the same room and right. filmed it separately. Right. I, that, that's gotta be it because like, <laughs> yeah, I just Lamar, as soon as like the scenes over is like, Oh cool. Thanks for telling me that. Right. I'm going to go this way now. Exactly. Like, it, it, mm. There was no, and it, yeah, it was all, like, why those it's, two, they're a word that means the opposite of chemistry. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like why? but like why those two characters, should get that scene like 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 the, mm-hmm. like there's i mean why not any of the other characters it was just because a w- you, weird kind of filling needed someone to start the conversation so malloy could tell his right. hilarious summer squash so why are you here story right i don't know that- i felt okay so i feel like this is gonna be me like defending this whole episode i but fine. it makes sense to me that they would be the ones talking about this because they're the ones who sit together on the bridge right like they work together they're teammates so right. it makes like they're trying to get to know one another. No. Yeah. No. That's that. I, no. That. That's. Yeah. That's a, a a fine argument. I just didn't know why. Like, what was the In point the of scene. that scene? Uh, I mean. Yeah. I guess. I guess. That's yeah. Weird. I don't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It really was just to tell the summer squash story. Yeah. I suppose. I get. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Which is okay, which so is fine. That's I mean, fine. The next thing that happens in the show, I I had to go back to time it. Okay. So. Okay. There is a incredibly long shot of them 
leaving the space station. Mm-hmm. So I guess mm-hmm. their first, their maiden voyage on the Oroville. Right. Mm-hmm. And to to its credit, like the score is decent. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. there's like good music. It looks but pretty good too. It does. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It does. So I, I feel like they spent a lot of money on effects and music and mm-hmm. they wanted to like show it off. Right. Mm-hmm. But there is literally one minute and eight seconds without dialogue. <laughs> of just them moving slowly it's, out of the... the... It's just the music going as mm-hmm. you, the, the ship slowly pulls away. And then you get like three second shots of people staring forward. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, and yes, that's that's a great way to kind of like describe the whole episode. Because for a, for a 45 minute episode, I don't feel like a lot happens and the mission only starts like twenty minutes before the episode's over. Like with, yeah. when they yeah this this is at the thirteen minute right. mark that so the I actual would, episode starts. Right. I would say that I thought the episode was was only like twenty two minutes. Yeah. Right. In my brain, it was and it, oh, like they they take half the episode to set up everyone, kind of, and then they mm-hmm. get to Epsilon, um, which is we'll just mention real fast that the mission is there taking some supplies to Epsilon 4 or 2? Mm-hmm. Epsilon 4, uh, right? Whatever. Sure. Whatever. Epsilon yeah, sure. something. <laughs> yeah. And um, when they get there, the, uh, the the leader of the research facility there lied to them and says, you know, no, we're doing this instead. We need we need, need your help. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah. that happens when there's only like 20 minutes left. And it's like, wow, this thing yeah. speeds through the last – act like I mean like I will I will say that I think the ship scenes are definitely an homage to Star Trek though like cuz even in the op- in vo- in far encounter at farpoint mm-hmm. which is the pilot of next gen there's a very long and that's a there two is. part so that's right. two 45 minute episodes um a very long ship leaving the mm-hmm. docking station and stuff so I think I mean yeah, I think your assessment of Seth, Seth MacFarlane having this dream of like wanting to remake Star Trek or maybe even work on the new Star Trek, but right. then they wouldn't let him. Right. It's probably a great characterization of this because it definitely has many throwbacks to like yeah. to other Star Trek series. Um, so again, like that's probably because I love Star Trek so much. Right. right. Probably why I don't mind it so much. But um, I could see if you were a new person to this entire universe to this entire domain to the series and everything you would be annoyed right which maybe is that's why dan's annoyed that's possible well no (laughs) yeah like i i yeah i see that (laughs) i i see that point of view but i feel like he's taking the star trek paintbrush and painting with it but adding nothing of his own to it Hmm. except like not very funny jokes you know what i mean (laughs) yeah like okay uh and yeah. I, I, it's, I, it's like he saw those like like the the trying to be funny episodes of Next Generation, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I could do that better, even though those were always the worst episodes possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I feel like he just if he didn't have the humor, I think I would have liked it more because it would have given him more space to add some of his own stuff in there, like mm-hmm. um, just, right. just 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 flesh out the world. A little bit more. Mm-hmm. If it was like a light-hearted version, right? I could accept that more than like crude dick jokes to break up tension, right? Hmm. That don't really have anything to do with what's going on. Or like, there's yeah. a there's a scene where um, he takes like a, a marble off his boss's desk, yes, and puts it in his mouth, and he's like, "Can I have one of these candies?" But it's a marble, so he spits it out. 
But it like, and I guess that's funny, but it had nothing to do yeah. with what was going on yeah. in the scene. It just felt like See, a gag. That, that, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I was okay with. Okay. Th- that is was, very Family Guy style. Yeah. So. Just <laughs> yeah. like super, just super like, I don't know, silliness, I guess. Right. I don't know. Showing that he's not as suave as he thinks he is or something like that. Right. But just like, like literally in the first three minutes there's already two dick jokes right like oh speaking of the, the opening scene uh so he yeah. comes home from um, who cares where and <laughs> his wife is sleeping with a blue guy it's alien. called a i have two deep dives on this oh I'll nice share them. please do it's called a it's peter spelled backwards rep rep repted rep Reptilian. Oh, really? Retep. Reteptilian. Okay. And Retep was Peter and Family Guy's arch nemesis or alter ego or something like that. So it's an homage to Family Guy. And then the actor playing the blue guy is Mm -hmm. Rob Lowe. Really? Yes. Okay. Credited Rob Rob Lowe. I don't believe he has any words. He just like has a weird like alien sound. No. Yeah. Yeah. Squirts blue juice. No. Him squirting blue juice was that him? Was that him <laughs> orgasming? Absolutely. Okay, that's what I thought. So. Okay, I just yeah, want to make. I think so. Just make yeah. Yeah. It's a Seth MacFarlane show. Okay. Ten seconds into the series, yeah. you have ejaculate. Okay, like okay. That's, just, but just, that's just what it is. Just making sure. Just making sure. Okay. So yeah. So oh, before we get to the yeah. actual like story, story, the last character is revealed, and it's his ex-wife. They've been divorced, and now she is his first officer right mm-hmm. the 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 Riker position yeah mm-hmm. right I assume yeah so he's just like oh man this is gonna be shitty right out with his ex-wife and I'm gonna make a lot of divorce jokes right. <laughs> yeah yeah it's gonna be great and they do <laughs> use that plot element a lot a like lot. they, they yeah, do rely on just... their to their their relationship quite a bit too but, uh, I know forward. nothing of Seth MacFarlane and his life, uh-huh. but I would be blown away if he was not divorced. It's and, a high possibility. And like, slightly like support, nine times. Slightly surprised if he wasn't divorced right before writing this show. Sure. Right. Th- th- this no whole idea. show seems like it's Seth MacFarlane has, a, has enough power to where he, he wanted to like put scenes mm-hmm. on a show and just got a bunch of them together. And then yeah. they cobbled a story out of it yeah i mean he he basically runs like fox sunday nights now and i feel like this is a direct result of that which is fine like it's cool that like a network trusts their big stars um but it's just like he he needed some sort of like reining in and and i was surprised also because um brandon braga is one of the showrunners for the show who was previously showrun voyager and um later seasons of of next gen so they have like a legit star trek person running this show and i guess that's maybe that's why it's so much like star trek you know like holy yeah, yeah. so i just read on wikipedia that seth mcfarland went to RISD, the rhode island school of design which is literally right down the street from our house yeah oh hey that's crazy oh i didn't know that okay that's cool yeah isn't a family guy set in rhode island yeah and oh is it really nice which is right up the road yeah i well i don't know if it's patucket but it's like patucket might be the beer that they drink i don't remember but yeah it's yeah uh, there's a scene family guy in a million years yeah yeah i think there's a patucket reference 
Anyway, that's cool. Um, so there's another really awkward scene that I don't really understand. I think it was funnier in some writers slash Seth MacFarlane's head mm-hmm. than it actually turned out to be. Sure. But uh, Malloy runs into this ex-wife, and I should probably know her name. Mm-hmm. Anybody know it? I don't recall. All right. So first officer, ex-wife, and. So they run each run it they run into each, into each other in the hallway and he's like oh I'm gonna go to the bathroom yeah that that's about it oh yeah that was like, a weird scene he he was she yeah he's like <laughs> uh, yeah and then she she said something like is it gonna be awkward because I know you were like friends with him right like, right yeah no it's not I'm good I'm I'll be professional all right I'm gonna go pee now right and she's like and oh, that was it okay yeah exactly like right. I, I don't another scene where it felt like okay we need two 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 people on the ship to to interact um but instead of talking about like anything mission related it's just like can I get a bathroom break you know yeah (laughs) filler yeah exactly that filler is a great way to to like describe half this episode honestly but it's like it's your um, it's your opening right. of the series. Yeah. Like you should have enough to fill the, mm. the the episode. Like like I was expecting like a I don't know almost like a ragtag coming together kind of story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. You know I bet I, like it was like super Seth MacFarlandy and mm-hmm. it was just like fucking all over the place. And then right. Brandon Braga kind of like reined it in Could to be. like at least have like a beginning, middle, and end. Right oh, after this yeah, like introductory Could period. Be. Could be. You know what I think would have been really fun would have been like, um, so there's a scene in the beginning, listeners, where um, Seth MacFarlane gets called into basically the Admiral's office and the Admiral's telling him like, yeah, yeah we didn't really want to give you a ship because your shit's been fucked up, fucked up for a while, but like we have to because we don't have enough captains. So here you go. Um, I think it would have been super fun to show like a bunch of flashbacks of all the crazy stuff he did. Yeah, like you a know what I mean? that like a super montage, like, what, like yes, yeah. yes, like why not? So That's yeah, like no, 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 like the when most you're Family in, Guy thing you can do. Yeah, or like when <laughs> introducing true. all the characters, like show them being ridiculous, you know, or like giving some history. So the same thing with the his buddy who's the pilot. Mm-hmm. So like you know, show the scene where he really screwed up or like how he's terrible or like a drunk or whatever, and then bring them all together. And that would have brought in like. A bunch of time. Yeah, that that would have in the episode. That would have worked for me, I think, because it would have. I don't know. I think like that's like one of the major criticisms of his shows Mm -hmm. is is that like every thirty seconds, it's hey, remember that time that we all fought a bear, and then it cuts to a scene where we're all fighting a bear. (laughs) Yeah, and then so if all of the if all the characters are constantly (laughs) like, remember that time I drew a dick on the thing, and they're like, (laughs) yeah, it's. so no, I I could totally see him pitching that, and then right. Braga or just, somebody yeah. just being like, Axing it. "Come on, man! <laughs> right, right. You already have Family Guy. At least do it on there. At least not the first episode, yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's true. All right, that's true. Sure. Let's, okay. let's try something new. Right, right. Let's, All right. Uh, let's try a yeah. story. Right. Or maybe start the opening sequence with an action sequence rather than like the betrayal. Sequence. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. That was um, kind of like. I, yeah, because it, it's not it's not that hard to explain that someone like was no. like, cheated on you in a marriage, you know. But yeah, I, I admit, yeah, I right, right. And I really don't even know why that needs to be the crux of the whole show. Your your first officer is your ex wife. I, I guess that's mm-hmm. I guess that can be potentially funny <laughs> over time. Mm-hmm. But, but it's just like well, I don't know. Once but they're kind of sweet in the end, right? They are. Them. Yeah. yeah. I, I just still think like even if you had all the scenes just not in that order, it would have worked better. Yeah. Hmm. Like 
if he was like drunk and depressed or whatever in the beginning and they were hesitant to, to give him a ship and then slowly you find out why mm-hmm. that's better right or or like oh damn it it's gonna be it's gonna be this lady and i hate her right Mm-hmm. Then you find out why he hates her right. instead of just like, oh, man, it's going to be my ex-wife. And I still hate her for cheating on me like I showed you three minutes ago. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Just yeah. fuck this show. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, though, I'm surprised you say that because I am excited to see what kind of screen time Norm MacDonald's character gets. So that's, because that's Dan the only Because Dan loves plus. Norm MacDonald. Yeah. <laughs> I love me some Norm MacDonald. And he had about... I don't know, a half of a second of of screen time, even though he's not on screen. He's a yellow gelatin monster. Yeah, because when I I saw him in the credits, I was like, oh, awesome. Cool. Norm. Um, But yeah, (laughs) uh, apparently he's much more involved later in the show. Okay. So I'm excited. um, It's not it's not worth it. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So we actually haven't gotten to the episode story at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which is fine. And <laughs> which well we can yeah. we can just I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. we have to do it in order. I'm just talking yeah. about like we've really only talked about the first fifteen minutes right, right, of, right. A, of an hour long show. Right. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Uh well there's a lot to well there's yeah. kind of a lot to unpack, yet there's not kind of a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, uh, yeah. But I mean we've so we've gotten to the setup where I guess we can just jump right into the actual mission. Um mm-hmm. As I mentioned earlier, um, they went on this routine supply drop-off mission to Epsilon. And when they get there, the uh, caretaker overseer of the facility I – ca- I called it caretaker, like that Voyager reference. Um, it's uh, nice. <laughs> um, he said that he lied and that they actually need their help with a top-secret weapon that they're developing. Um, right. So they uh, – they- for- Right. Temporal field. Right. That could yes. speed up time. Right. Within a bubble. Right. Right. If you're in the field, you can speed up how quickly time passes. Exactly. For whatever thing is in the field. Right. Um, so they pilot a shuttle down, uh, which I like that they use shuttles. I, 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 I will say that. that that's very mm-hmm. old, old school Star Trek. Like they don't mm-hmm. teleport yet, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So they're doing like very Kirk, Spock, McCoy shuttle away mission uh, yeah. type mm-hmm. type thing. Do we know if this is like farther in the future? The 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 year know. is farther. It was twenty four something, um, oh, but it's not necessarily the same history. So right, so they right. might not have. They right. just might not be teleporting. Right, okay. right, all right, yeah. which is fine. Um, I do yeah. like how the ship looks. Also, if anyone, in case anyone cares. I think the ship looks yeah, kind of cool. It, it, it's a it's a very like organic kind of looking ship. I mm-hmm. I like the like mm-hmm. three engine rings on the back. That's kind of interesting mm-hmm. instead of like the two warp nacelles on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that yeah. so they get to the facility, they see this shrinking white ray, and um, immediately one of the workers there turns against them all and calls. What's the uh, race? It's the the, the krill. The, the Although yes. I think it's krill. at some point they're it's talking, the they're, they're mentioned as like the krillians or something, right? But yeah, I think they, I think they're, they're called krill, for the krill sure. later on. Okay, yeah. the krill. so we should we should say Newman already mentioned that the head scientist of this facility. It's revealed that the reason why he's asked for the Orville Krill yes. is not yes. because he needs supplies, but really they've developed this 
temporal ray that speeds up time and they're worried that if they were to ask for help through the communication, regular communications channels, it would be intercepted by this hostile race. Right. And then, um, you know, they would come to get this thing that could be a weapon very easily. Right. right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Because this, yes. Yeah. Sorry. You have like this double agent yeah. and mm-hmm. he has, has a phaser pointed and is like, I'm going to call the Krill and, all you guys stand stand down. Right. And I'm a double agent, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then one actually likes halfway cool sci-fi thing is mm-hmm. he he pushes uh, another lab yeah. research assistant. The person who made it, person. I believe, right? That didn't yeah, she invent she, it? Oh, was it? I, think, oh, I, I didn't. Think I didn't. She pick might up have. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he he, uh, he pushes her, and I don't know if it was even on purpose, but she lands in the field, right? And mm-hmm. this this temporal field ages her head a hundred years, right? And she dies of old age in an instant. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like, oh, this is a this is a legit cool thing. That that mm-hmm. that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, we you didn't know. explain that prior to this point where they're at the Epsilon Station, they're touring the facilities, and there's a big like biosphere. I would call that mm-hmm. right biosphere. Um. And, you know, there's wacky creatures and stuff and they come across, I don't actually missed the setup for this next scene, but they come across someone who shows them some sequoia or redwood uh, seeds. The red, redwood seeds. Yeah. seeds. Yeah. yeah. Like redwood, like the trees on earth, the big giant tall trees on earth. Um, and I don't remember what he explains about them. Maybe they have been that. genetically engineered mm-hmm. with genes from the tardigrade. Oh, uh, okay. The tardigrade or water bear. Mm-hmm. These are like mm-hmm. legit real microorganisms they're super awesome that <laughs> they're, they're awesome. uh extremophiles they they live in some environments that most other living things cannot yeah mm-hmm. including so, space yep yes so it is implied that these seeds could grow just about anywhere right uh mm-hmm. and so they're talking about you know like feeding millions of people in an instant because you can grow crops without waiting for the time and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. right and i would imagine if you're yeah. like uh terraforming a planet uh, redwoods might be a good way to get uh, to start producing oxygen pretty quickly, sure. too, right? No? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think they explain that, but that's my hypothesis. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we double agent. The lady dies quickly. Yeah. Um, slash slowly, and then the what? Krill show up. Yeah, oh, that's right. Right. So the so the krill show up. Um, they the uh, double agent has uh, the head scientist held hostage. Um, mm-hmm. wait—is that who he has held hostage? Yeah, right. I thought we just killed them. No. Oh, I don't know. I think he does take someone. Someone, hostage. someone else hostage. Someone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somebody goes hostage. So they 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 stall the krill with a pizza delivery uh choke. Um, I was. <laughs> what? Oh, I didn't remember that part. Yeah, they this whole scene. They so as as the krill ship is is um pulling up, I guess you. You could say to the um, orbit of the planet, uh, Mercer calls up and says, um, "We need to stall the krill be- before they send down troops, so that uh, so they say a a pizza is being delivered to them." <laughs> um, but then they quickly overtake the uh, double agent, um, mm-hmm. subdue him, and grab the device and attempt to head back to their shuttle. Um, but the yep. the krill show up. Um, I would call them a mix between like the Klingons and yeah. 
something else. The Cardassians, yeah, maybe? sure. Yeah, actually, that's really yeah. good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I thought they looked. Yeah, they're fine. Appropriate, right? They're, they were okay. They're they're totally they're Star Trek. Yeah, comparable to mm-hmm. random alien race. A, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, then uh, a series of shootouts. Yes. Which <laughs> I don't know, like. They weren't even trying. Like, <laughs> no, they weren't. Right. They were just standing in an open room, what seemed like about 10 feet away right. from being outnumbered. Right. And they're just standing, pointing their phasers, and just taking the bad guys out as the bad guys just miss right. constantly. Right. Eh, I mean, They'd... it's a minor thing, but they weren't even trying to, like, take cover. No. And that that's definitely was, like, a more, like, Stormtrooper from... Star Wars type yes. vibe I was getting. Just thinking the same thing. There. Um, <laughs> yes. But, yeah. Um. There's uh, there's also a shootout among the ships, among the Oroville and the Krill... Yeah. ...home ship right. thing. Right. It, yeah. So so the, the yeah. Krill ship is much larger than, than the Oroville. I'd say mm-hmm. maybe like, I don't know, five, six times larger, just mm-hmm. guessing. Um, sure. The uh, hotshot pilot guy uh, does this maneuver. Was it was it called hugging the donkey? It's called hugging the hugging donkey. Hugging the donkey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where he just basically goes in a circle constantly, but he's going through the ship. The that's the exactly, bad guy's ship. Um, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's sort of maneuvering between. Like, if, if you could imagine that there's space to go, like, between the wings on a plane. Exactly. Right. Somehow. He's maneuvering between all the crevices of the right. ship. Like, yeah. right. The the He's, Krill, Krill ship looks in such a way that it has, like, an an open middle. Mm-hmm. Um, like some like some ships on, on Star Trek do. I guess you could compare it to, like, the, the Romulan Warbird, which is, like, a huge front yeah. and like a and like and like a open middle part um mm-hmm. so yeah he's go- doing circular motions going through that constantly and that's making it hard for the krill ship to hit them mm-hmm. but so okay so he's <laughs> orbiting the ship just constantly, constantly. Doing circles around them right mm-hmm. they are stationary they're not even trying no. to like do anything they aren't even moving yet. forward mm-hmm. yet Wouldn't that, are like right best pilot in the galaxy ha- puts us in orbit to where we cross in front of exactly in front of their guns right every round every single time like yeah if- I f- right feel like he could have just placed himself behind all the guns each time right it would have been okay right or uh, right. obviously they were, they were more nimble or quicker than the other ship just stay behind it right exactly like <laughs> right, right. there was I don't, <laughs> yeah that's true because they do get hit by by the oh, cool ship, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. their their a engines lot. get fucked up by the by the end of this. Um, yeah, and I think all their shields are down by the end, so it's it is yeah. like mission critical right. by the time the end of the episode is is coming up. And like oh. I guess you could call this like a gag, but it goes on for way too long. It's like yes. it's just constantly the ship's just constantly flying through it and through it and through I it. I will say and, my biggest problem with this whole scene was actually the way the the control panel is set up. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's like, what? okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to ride the donkey or whatever. Yeah. 
And the the controls for steering the ship are basically like touchscreens. So I could I it just looks really funky for that not to be mm-hmm. like a wheel, you know, like like a one to one mapping because he's basically like he's not like like controlling like a virtual joystick. He's typing right. he's in typing coordinates. In. I'm like, are you typing in the X Y Z for each one of these? Right, right. It's, it's insane. Right. <laughs> like, I don't. You know, it seems like, pretty repetitive. He probably just had to do it the once. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because because I thought the whole thing was going to be he he was going to do it once and then he was going to do something crazy and like get away. But it was just a constant yeah. thing over and over yeah. and over. And it's like, yeah, this is they, they built it up. Weird. Like, There's no way he he can do the hugging the donkey. Right. And he's like, right, right. I like, got watch this. Me, and he does it mean. twenty times in a row. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. right. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, so uh, so they're. There, I'm heading back towards their ship on the shuttle. They they escape the surface of the planet. They um, they, they pass. Okay, there's there's them with the device, right? Mm-hmm. The, and there's the ship, their their shuttle. I mean, and there are the bad guys between them, right? And they just run onto the ship. Like there's no like, right. <laughs> we need to get past these guys. Right. It's they're in front of us. Mm-hmm. And the, then the next scene, they're just they're just take it off. They're like, just ah, damn it. They're just in they, there, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought that was going to be right. resolved in some way. Well, they only had like ten minutes to do it, so that's it just, true. Yeah, didn't have, yeah, didn't have enough time. But uh, yeah. as they're flying away, uh, one of the Krill bad guys managed to sneak on board the um, the shuttle. That's right. Yes. Um, right. Which I don't know how they did not notice him because it's a small shuttle, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just kind of basically one one room with a door. Yeah, he just comes around <laughs> like the back corner out of nowhere and just I've been here the whole time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they're in a pretty dire situation because his gun's pointing at them and they can't really do anything. Um, mm-hmm. And they do a classic uh, put on the brakes and the guy <laughs> flies forward and hits his head on the front panel. And mm-hmm. the joke is that they are all wearing seat belts and he was not. Um, which flapper. I guess, I mean, is true. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. Uh, see, <laughs> all of these gags if they are meant to be comedic right like i feel like they they just top out if you are like already giggling and in a good mood willing to accept like some kind of thing as being funny right it tops out at like mildly interesting cute right Hmm. like yeah it's it's it's, not like it's not like knee slapping oh he did that it was just like yeah that's what would happen right (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know right I don't know. Yeah. I, maybe I'm just old and no, no. Terrible, it, but it, it was a that's find true. strange mix of, of of humor. Yeah, it was weird. Um, so the Orville is still hugging the donkey. Um, yep. going in circles. It's been doing this for like five minutes yeah. straight. Um, but they're getting kind of wrecked. They're get, they're getting they're getting shot up. Um, mm-hmm. and so the Orville can't stop because they're going to get destroyed if they their, their engines got shut right. Out. They have no. They can't build. And right. I think they're all of their defenses are down. Right. Too, so if they get hit one more time, they're dead. Exactly. So yeah. um this pilot, while doing the this insane maneuver, also has to pilot the ship so that the shuttle can enter it from the back perfectly. Right. Um mm-hmm. without slowing yeah. down or doing anything. Um, but he's a great it, uh, pilot. We've already explained that. Now he's is almost it, too good. Okay. <laughs> like this is the the Brutus, the guy who's like in charge of the bridge at the moment. Mm-hmm. I guess he's number three in command. Yeah, the the uh, yeah. right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he, the data. Uh, he's like, if you can hug the donkey, you can do this. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it's like, I, we've already kind of like downplayed the uh, donkey hugging. Right, right. But this, this, yeah. this pilot guy is like, n- like now he's just way too good. Mm-hmm. Like after this episode, there's like nothing he can't do. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's just like, this is insane. Yeah. Um, but it's that kind of show. So that's, that's fine, I guess. Uh, this is not going to be a series known for its subtle no, I know. accuracy, <laughs> <and> <laughs> continuity, or acting. You mean Seth acting, MacFarlane right. would be known Story. for subtlety? <laughs> or, yeah. So, yeah, so the, yeah. the shuttle makes it into the hangar, and they uh, cease hugging the, the donkey. Um, I think it's because their their engines got yeah. They just out. they just like, they just did that one. Wasn't by choice. They're just they did that one water. move, and then then there they are. Um. So, so is this when they get hailed by the uh, Krill guy? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think so. Yes. So, yeah. So the, this this yeah. is actually one of the only times I was like, oh, this is this is kind of fun. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the uh, yeah, yeah yeah go for it. The Krill commander is like, all right, give me the device. Mm-hmm. You the are time. out the- out matched and whatever. Right. And everyone's just like, hey, could you like. Take take like a, a step to the left a little bit. It's just <laughs> kind of weird that you're like off center and just yeah. Can't really in all fairness, he was off center. He was, yeah, yeah. But no, that that uh, actually that was, was that actually was halfway funny. Was yeah. a good joke, yeah. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the news the new Star Wars movie. So in the new Star Wars movie, there's a funny gag about um, like Poe Dameron is talking to the I forgot what the guy's name is the redhead guy who's like the commander of one of the big yeah. destroyers, Hux. and he's pretending like he can't hear him. <laughs> he's like, okay, I'll hold for this person. It sort of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, he, he, I don't know. He I thought it was hold, funny. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they stall him. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I don't know why other than so they could have this hilarious banter. <sighs> I well, no, they stall him because don't they need to operate on the so he wants the device, obviously. That's why they're there in the first place. Um, right. Yeah. So they say, OK, sure, we'll give it to you. Give us like a few minutes to be able to send you it on the shuttle, right? Um, I don't know, but uh, but they yeah, but it. what they yeah. do is they um, glue a redwood seed onto the tip of the beam, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pre-program it to age a hundred years or something. Exactly. As soon as as soon as it gets there, happens. right? Yeah. Right. So they um, send the weapon over onto the shuttle. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess they do have transporters because they must have transported it. No, they sent it in a, uh, a shuttle, I believe. Yeah, oh, like, okay. Thing. All right. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then the bad guys are like, okay, well, we're going to kill you anyway because you, you know, messed with us. Or, you're the worst. Um, yeah. And. <laughs> yeah. Right. So do does the Orville turn the device on or does the, the bad no. guys turn it on, right? The bad guy decides to test out this on them right new device the I think second so. he gets it without knowing anything about it right but like he didn't see the seed on the tip i guess i i, I, don't, I don't know i don't know so <laughs> he punches in the code right and then this giant hundred year old redwood sprouts destroying his ship right mm-hmm. you thought that was kind of fun no 
the idea i'm it. actually yeah, kind was, of okay that was with fine it. yeah but i, thought I that was feel cool. like the proportions were way yeah the tree was way too big uh, this, this would have been are gigantic sir. they are but this this ship maybe i was missing uh, like misestimating how big the ship is but this redwood was like three times the size of this ship right it and was- I, it's not impeded know. by atmosphere or gravity uh, or all those things. So. Yeah, it guess. also didn't have like sunlight or water right. or, or soil. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just skip ahead past all that sciencey stuff. Right. But it would just be a really old seed. But yeah, I we're yeah, that's true. I did <laughs> think it true. was a little bit too big. Like just like it would oh, be yeah. a really old seed. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, uh, legitimately, it if the goal was to recreate next gen uh, that's a that that if that happened in a next gen episode where they beamed over mm-hmm. a tree that grew to ruin a ship mm-hmm. i would not be surprised yeah that's yeah. that's something that like yeah. like yeah picard or Riker would would like think of you know it's like yeah, yeah it's, you know it's like a halfway yeah. clever yeah. thing if you like disregard like the de- details and stuff exactly mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was kind of comical to see a huge tree sprouting out of a starship. Yeah. You know, that's that was that was that was, that was fine. And, and this I is agree. also followed by like I think the second thing I kind of halfway enjoyed about this episode. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He delivered his like Schwarzenegger one-liner, which was "Happy Arbor Day." Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. But the thing is, the, the, the funny part is like the rest of the crew is like, "Hold on, what's what's Arbor Day again?" Right? Yes. Like, oh, you know the one with like you plant a tree and stuff. Like I thought that was pretty. I mean, yeah, that like, was funny. No, and then I think I forgot what her name was, but the second officer had like another one that everyone liked. Was it like one-liner. was it like got got wood right? Yes, or, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. I still I like Happy Arbor better, Day. Whatever. Yeah. I, I agree. Arbor Day was better. Right. Um. Uh, but yeah, yeah. the Orville. Right. Pretty much how it ends. I mean, I think at the end, 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 end. Yeah. Uh, McFarlane and his ex-wife decide that they are going to, she is go- not going to leave the ship, which was her original plan. Right. She's going to stay on the ship, setting up, I'm sure, right. will be many more comic adventures right. between the two of them. And and he's the one who actually wants her to stay. Um, right. He's like, you know, you you really proved yourself. We showed that we can work together, you know, mm-hmm. fairly well. And, and, you know, yeah. But then, yeah. I, then it's revealed at the very end that she was the one who wanted to get him a captain seat. Um, in the first place, she called in a favor to the right. admiral. Cause apparently her dad is a famous captain or something. Okay. Or something. And so yeah, it was right. her recommendation of him that he got the Orville, but he doesn't know that. So, right why that needs yeah. to be a part of the show i don't know but maybe a yeah. little uh maybe she felt bad for what she did yeah and I would yeah, imagine that's she, probably she needed a redeeming quality right. to make her not just a cheating right wife but they character. still seem pretty close like pretty like agreeable I, I felt like they still liked each other quite a bit uh mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of like Oh, that's that's the will they won't they, like, they right. come back for more yeah, exactly. right exactly exactly <laughs> but yeah yeah i mean i i will watch a few more of the show just to see i'm, I'm not gonna watch the whole season but i, I just want to see like if it goes you're gonna watch the whole season no. <laughs> you know you are <laughs> <laughs> maybe like maybe like two or three more i'm i'm just i'm kind of curious like as to does it kind of fix its formula a little bit mm-hmm. so I'm excited to see yeah. more. I told cool. Dan the other day, I was like, cool. can we get the next episode and watch it? And 
Yeah. He said, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it has its merits. I think it's just kind of misguided as of right now. Um, but that's, but that's me, you know? I mean, I'm not surprised for a pilot episode too. So you have to, you know, we have to sort of take this in context. Many pilot episodes of a series are not great, but show potential and those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And a funny note for our listeners too, is that when the series first premiered and people were writing reviews of it, there was a good NPR review talking about a lot of things that we're talking about now. And they titled the the review, make it so, so. Right. So there's that. We are <laughs> yeah. suing. We should have copied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got we got the lawyers on the phone right now. We got That's we got right. Morgan and Morgan uh, That's representation. Right. Um, Wolf and Barkley, Bogan Munz and Munz. But right. but yeah, I I feel like Soso is a perfect descriptor of this show so far mm-hmm. for me. It's it's mm-hmm. it's very much Soso. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's like a five out of ten. Like it's like it's like right in the middle. <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah, which is totally. fine. Which is fine. Totally. I, I, so. There's just so many other things out there. Like if there was right, right. If there were five shows on at a time, and this was one of them, mm-hmm. I could see like, ah, I wonder if it's going to get better for the episode mm-hmm. two or three. But mm-hmm. right, exactly. Oh no, man. Not, yeah. Not in this day and age. Right. Yeah, we are, we've all talked about this before. How we we are definitely living in the golden age of television yeah. right now. There are so many amazing shows out there. Yeah. Um, and I already yeah. watch not that much TV to begin with. So yeah, I'm me neither. very selective of my TV. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Us, us as well. Yeah. yeah we, I really don't watch very much TV yeah. at all. Um, except for Star Trek reruns. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> um, well, that's, that's, this is uh, a fairly new show relatively yeah. compared to everything else we watch. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there was not a whole lot of deep diving. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I think of note to mention is that the pilot, Mm-hmm. The uh, the red haired guy mm-hmm. was the main kid from the movie Critters. Are you serious? Really? Yeah, man. Holy shit! <laughs> I love Critters so much. That's if anyone that's knows what Newman, happened to that kid. That's insane. You know that he loves B horror movies. Oh man, I I own Critters one and two on DVD right now. I can see it that's from here. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I love Critters. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um. <laughs> So yeah, uh, the only, I guess, other non-episode thing to share is, has nothing to do with this, but actually we got uh, some some listener mail, I guess you want to say? Would you, okay. you want to you explain what that was all about? Yeah, um, our good friend Bank, uh, listener of the show, fan of the show, and mm-hmm. Patreon supporter. Patreon. Thank you so much, Bank. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, he, is, yeah. he is admiral status. Um, <laughs> Dang, uh, <thank> you. <laughs> um, he sent us a link to an article, uh, Beth can kind of hash out the particulars more, but, um, someone, yeah. someone submitted a, uh, paper, a scientific paper, uh, based on the warp 10 plot from the voyage episode of threshold, which we right. have covered, <laughs> Um, which uh one is in our hall of shame correct no it's not it's not in the oh, hall of shame. that, that lost oh that's right probably uh, in hindsight should have been but uh, should have made the hall of shame rascals it was, yeah rascals won it was yeah. a hall of shame contender we we are say. going to have in the future a redemption one where the ones that lost get re-entered into so threshold okay could very well enter the hall of shame at some point yeah um, i agree 
Yeah. <laughs> but Beth, yeah, you wanna, yeah. Sure. As the resident scientist uh, on board. So essentially the idea is that um, in science, it is part of your scientific duty to review science that is out there <laughs> in the world um, as an expert in your field. And what happens a lot of times is you get asked to review papers that people have written about various theories or work that they've done and assess it for its quality. And then if it's good quality, it gets published in a academic journal or conference or things like that. So, um, however, with all the good that science does in the world, there's also bad in the, in the world. And mm -hmm. there's this, uh, movement in science of what are called predatory journals. So these are basically journals that, um, will solicit researchers and scientists to try to publish their work in them, but they are not, um, credible in any way. Um, and people might be incentivized to do this because, um, as an academic researcher, a lot of times that you make promotion in your field is by publishing a lot in, in these types of journals. So um, this particular scientist was really fed up with the, with the way this <laughs> happens and decided to write a fake paper um, about essentially the plot of Threshold and all the nonsense that happens in it. Yeah, about it, um, it was about how speed affects living organisms. Yes. Yeah, so breaking right, yeah. the warp 10 barrier would affect your de-evolution into slug species um, absolutely submitted it submitted it to 10 academic journals that had you know are known for sort of predatory uh solicitation and it was picked up by five of them and actually published by one so that was that's really interesting um like i mentioned before uh with a lot of the good in the world there is some bad um science works by yeah. <laughs> you know, the honor system and peer review and all that sort of stuff. And th these journals are just don't do that. Um, so anyways, there's a pretty interesting yeah. um, write up about it. It's pretty crazy that, you know, of an episode that we reviewed on here. Yeah. Actually made it into <laughs> a random uh, dope yeah. biology yeah. publication. So, so those of <laughs> yeah. you guys that are uh, regular <laughs> readers of American Research Journal of Biosciences. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So I'm sure there are literally some, tens of you. <laughs> some of those uh, articles may not be the most strict yeah. scientifically reviewed <laughs> pieces on earth. As a matter of fact, so uh, yes. their original invoice to be published was uh, $749. Oof. Yep. And the author, mainly because this was just a joke, uh, negotiated it down to a much more respectable fifty dollars. That is what you have to pay <laughs> to put some random nonsense bullshit in something that calls itself a research journal. Yeah, I think that's totally worth it. I was talking to the guys before we started oh, recording today. I want to do that, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I totally said that. Um, I, I, you know, obviously as a scientist, re peer review—that's part of my duty and job. And yeah, um. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I got one of these. So people do this all the time. They put out feelers for, for determining what is legit. Like the scientific process is a self-regulating process. So like, and we tell each other about, mm -hmm. you know, if journals are bad. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty sure, I don't know. It felt like I got something like this once. It was so incoherent that it was so annoying to have to review and give constructive feedback about right. this material. But at the same time, it was just like, I don't think anyone's on the other end of this. Um, so yeah, Fake it's, news. it's, 
Fake, yeah, fake news. Fake science, but <laughs> 2000. I don't want to discredit science because this is such a small proportion of right. like what actually happens in the field. So I don't want to discredit it too much, but there are people who are fighting back against it. Yeah. So it's just funny, a funny coincidence that yeah. um, you know something Star trek is out there in the world of fake science, I suppose. <laughs> I, I think it was I, – I can't really hate the guy for doing it because it's kind of funny. No. You know, I, yeah, I, no, I, I, I kind of mm. love it in a weird way. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I do not. I do not hate him for doing yeah. that at all. <laughs> so it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, but thanks, Beth, for uh, yeah. for enlightening us on that on that whole process. Yeah. No problem. No problem. I know we do have some some other resident scientists um, and academic listeners, so hopefully they'll they'll be amused as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we've we've definitely stated our opinions on it, but uh, was it worth the voyage? <laughs> no. Dan. <laughs> Dan, Dan hard no. no. Okay, hard no from Dan. It's a show without any strengths. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> That's the best no way to strengths. And plenty of weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So its peak is mediocrity. Uh, I think. Okay. So, and if you know what, if that's what you're into, then by all means. Fox, right? <laughs> but I can't imagine getting into this show unless it changed drastically, which I'm not willing to find out if it does. Right. <laughs> so, oh just goodness. I guess no is is my so answer. A, so a glowing review. Yes. <laughs> glowing no. Glowing as in red hot. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> is it worse than some of the worst Star Trek that you've seen? That's not the question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but is do you have an answer no okay um beth all right worth uh the yeah totally worth the voyage i mean i'm excited to see the more episodes so okay yeah definitely cool. newman um no it's not worth it but <laughs> i am a glutton for punishment so i'm gonna watch a couple more just just to see if it does get better um okay but no it's it's just it it feels uninspired like I know that he was inspired heavily, but it doesn't feel that way. You know what I mean? At least for me, it felt it feels lazy, and that's yeah, yeah, you know. okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, but All right. like, why is yeah, a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, a rich and powerful guy got to make his fanboy dream come true, which is fine. Uh, I'm not knocking yeah. that, but no, I know. <laughs> right. but this is the only time that it like you know it's on Fox, right? Like. Put your home movies, you know, play them for your friends. Your but, home right, movies. right. No, it's kind of yeah. I kind of get that vibe. It's like it's like a. This was not made for fans. This was made as an out outward expression from Seth MacFarlane. Right. I don't. I don't get it. You guys. I think you guys are way too critical of this show. Well, that, that's our job. Um, that's what yeah, we totally. do as podcasts for. <laughs> totally. But yeah, no. I mean, I, I, it's it's not totally without merit. Like I, I see what mm-hmm. he's trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe eventually he can get it to be what I think it should be, uh, and maybe he, maybe he will. I don't know. So all right, yeah, cool. Well, what are we doing next time, Newman? Um, next episode is a very hard episode to pronounce. I think it's pronounced Zantakske. Uh, it's the one okay. with the rock from Voyager. Just just Google that. Oh, um. <laughs> you mean twenty twenty president elect? That's right, Dwayne Johnson. That's right, president. Johnson. Exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's Zan Takske from season six of Star Trek Voyager. 
Um, Seven of Nine battles the rock in a battle arena type environment. It looks hilarious. I don't think I've ever seen this one, but I cannot wait to watch it. Is Seven of Nine... So she's Borg. She's a Borg, yes. And does Borg come with super strength? They're pretty strong. Like, not not like data level strong, but like pretty strong. Yeah. But she... She looks like she's like less than one percent Borg. Well, they right. They have removed a lot of her Borg stuff, but I still but think I assume like the strength came from the machinery, right? Which looks like she does not still have. think she has some of that holdover from like maybe it's like internal or something. So like, like that. under her, okay, so under her skin she might be more I'm Borg assuming. than she shows. Right, exactly. Okay, yeah, okay. So then I could. M- maybe right, accept. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm I'm definitely excited to get back to Voyager. I love Voyager. Oh, so wait to find oh, out. So much. We, we got some doozies coming up, I think, for Voyager. I got some something planned after this one that's going to be... Everything Voyager. Yeah, boy. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> if, so. uh, I'm excited. If a fan wanted to like suggest what to do after that, oh, how would they yeah. contact us? Yes. Uh, we are, good question. We, that's a very good question. Uh, you can you. tweet at us, uh, at MakeItSoSoCast on Twitter. You can find us at our home on the web, MakeItSoSoPodcast.com. Or you can email us at makeitsososopodcast at gmail.com. And please do. We love hearing from our, 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 our listeners. Um, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. We also have a Patreon happening at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. make it, mm. uh, Patreon.com forward slash makeitsososopodcast. Um, you can get exclusive things like bonus episodes, written reviews of cool Star Trek licensed merchandise and books and beer and all that kind of stuff <laughs> um it's just some fun <laughs> stuff. stuff um it's not that much money to get in on that goodness and we really appreciate the, the support from the people who've already done it so yeah thank you Indeed. very much thanks patreon yes <laughs> uh, all right all right well until next until time next everybody time. <laughs> yeah thanks for listening all right. thanks so much and uh bye. yeah bye <laughs> <laughs> bye everybody bye.